Welcome to The Catalyst, where we explore creative ideas to spark innovation in an unhealthy healthcare system. I'm your host, Dr. Lara Salyer, a physician and mom of three who is reimagining the way I practice medicine after suffering and overcoming burnout. Join me as I teach you how to optimize flow and catalyze your own revolution in healing. Tune in for candid conversations with leading experts in conventional and holistic healthcare who dare to believe a better future is possible for all of us. Life is made of teeny catalytic moments of immense impact. When strung together, the transformation is magical. Join us and let's color outside the lines. Welcome to this episode of the Catalyst Podcast. Hey, listen up. If you are somebody that feels overwhelmed, yeah, I'm talking to you, practitioners, patients, basically anybody living in 2024, and you would like to learn actionable tips on how you can reclaim some joy and some gratitude and love, this is the episode to listen to. I have the pleasure of speaking to one of my dear friends, Dr. Michelle Flowers, MD. She is a board-certified child, adolescent, and adult psychiatrist who is passionate about helping people embrace and enhance meaning in their lives. In her more than 15 years of experience as a private practice psychiatrist, she has focused on empowering individuals, couples, and families as collaborators on their personal journeys. She believes in an integrative approach to psychiatry that seeks not only to alleviate suffering, but also to optimize wellness by addressing the needs of the body, mind, and spirit. Dr. Flowers appreciates the uniqueness of each individual and also the importance of the collective human experience and the power of connection. In addition to her work as a psychiatrist, she is fulfilled as a mother to her four children who consistently inspire her to expand her consciousness and enjoy the ride of life. She is a ketamine-assisted psychotherapist and has a ton of credentials from the Institute for Juvenile Research, from the Advocate Lutheran General Hospital, uh, Psychiatry Institute Fellowship. She's, she's loaded, let me just say. And in this episode, we pack it in. You're going to learn about one simple question that you can ask yourself or your patients that will immediately start onboarding a new relationship with gratitude. You will then learn her three-step technique that teaches children and adults on cultivating the sense of gratitude. It's called the NOW technique, N-O-W. And then we'll conclude with some amazing, creative, actionable tips that you can do to continue fortifying gratitude as a priority in your life, in your well-being. So enjoy this podcast episode with Dr. Michelle Flowers. Welcome to the episode of the Catalyst Podcast, where we get to enjoy the presence of Dr. Michelle Flowers. She's a close friend of mine and literally like Tinkerbell Fairy. I mean, you can feel the joy emanating from her, even across a Zoom room. So I'm delighted to share this Catalyst episode conversation where we're going to talk about gratitude. We're going to talk about tools that can help you when you feel overwhelmed and disconnected from society and your community at large, because Together, we need each other. And so thank you, Dr. Michelle, for coming on our pa- our podcast episode. I am just really excited to be here. You and I have this, I think, shared soul mission to help people light their sparks. And I'm just really looking forward to seeing where things go today. Yes, well said. I love that. Light their sparks. Absolutely. We all have our inner fire. And sometimes the pilot light feels like it's going out, but we're here to help light it back up. So talk to me about your journey and what brought you to the footsteps of gratitude as being something that you speak, you write about, you talk at conferences. I would love to hear that. 
That it's interesting. I worked with Dr. Daniel Amen for a little while, and he gave me this wonderful piece of, of advice, which was before you write a talk on anything, think about what you would love to talk about for 10 years. <laughs> and I think about musicians and the songs they have to play for 40 years. So, you know, right. so it's like, what do you want to talk about for 10 years? And gratitude has, I don't know, I think I've, I learned to be a grateful person from my mom and my, my grandmother, but it never really was a formal thing. I never was forced to write thank you notes. I loved doing it. And I know a lot of people have different experiences with gratitude and thank yous. And that's something we can talk about a little bit later. But when I was working at the course as the course director for the Integrative Psychiatry Institute, you know, they, they said, what do you want your talk to be on? And I, I sat with it and I thought, I think gratitude is overlooked in the health community. It is such a powerful tool when it's done right. And what I've found is that a lot of my patients who come in, they've tried it and they think it doesn't work because it, it gets some press in, in pop culture. And so a lot of people have written down three things they were grateful for for a while or, or participated in some of the trends, but they've never really gotten into it in a way in which it can change your brain. And so I wanted to present and deepen my understanding of how it works and how expansive it really is. Ooh, beautiful. I think that's a beautiful topic because like you said, that's an endless ripple effect of of research and just the ways that gratitude can impact not only well-being, but creativity and flow and purpose and mission and vision and all these things. And so before we get into your amazing tactics and some favorite tips, let's talk science of gratitude, right? I mean, we know literature has been published that it helps promote well-being. And that makes sense, yeah. right? What other things are is gratitude helpful for? So one of my favorite things to look at is there is an organization called HeartMath, and the doctors there look at heart rate variability. and And you can you can Google these images, but they did a experiment where they shift people out of frustration. They have them think of a frustrating experience, and then think uh, that think of an appreciating experience. And you can look at what their heart rate variability does, and it goes from this highly incoherent rhythm into this beautiful coherent rhythm. And I just love those pictures because I think it's a, you don't have to have any advanced degree at all to see immediately what this shift into this state of mind can do for you. Yes, I love it too. And especially with accessible wearables like Aura Rings, yes. we're giving it to everybody access. Everybody can look at their HRV. And I love it when my patients bring in their Aura Ring and they ask questions, what does this mean? And I said, this is like your knowledge of your body. And look at this beautiful HRV improvement when you've been doing some of these changes and shifts. And gratitude is one of them. I think we probably saw the same picture. I remember there was one where a mother was holding her baby and how mm -hmm. the coherence and HRV of the love and gratitude is just evident so so obviously yeah and we live in this world I think currently we've gotten a little bit away from the understanding that your emotions are yes they're real and value valid and it's important to feel them and you have more control over them and you really can choose them if you practice 
I, yes. I, I know there's a new Disney Pixar movie coming out, but in, in the first Inside Out movie, you know, my, my biggest beef with that film is that the emotions are sort of at the control table, control yes. panel, controlling the human. And I'm like, okay, I love that we're helping people learn emotions and giving them these vibrant characters. And I'm hoping in the next movie, they're going <laughs> to, they're going to show how the human can engage with their emotions in relationship so that they can use them as tools to understand what's going on with themselves better and also tools of empowerment. Yes, I uh, absolutely agree. And I did love that, that movie as well. Inside Out is my, one of my favorites, but Right. And when you think back to, you know, really, we feel these feelings first, you know, and then we label them as emotions yeah. and then we put the story to them. And so what you're explaining is like, listen, this is valid. You're going to have feelings. You're going to have emotions. But what are we wrapping it in? What's that narrative wrapping paper that we're putting it yeah. in? And how can we change that and, and not be toxically positive, but really be scientifically and spiritually grounded in the fact that there is gratitude in every moment, right? There can be. There can be. And I mean, I love Brother David Steindl Rast. He gives a TED Talk called You Want to Be Happy, Be Grateful. And then Louis Schwartzberg made this into a short film and then a big film. And so there's a, there's a lot out there, but he's a really good resource. And his, I believe his website is gratefulness, gratefulness.org. And he likes the term gratefulness because it includes this fullness that you experience when you're in a true state of gratitude. And it's, it's sort of joy meets appreciation. And there's a reciprocity in it that a lot of people, I think, overlook. So, right. That's beautiful. Yeah. And gratefulness. And I love that. I'm going to think of that now. Gratefulness. Gratefulness. It's mm -hmm. gratefulness. Yeah. Right. Gratefulness. Those I love those kind of mashup and wordplay. Um, yeah. gra more than gratitude. Um, and all of this helps us, like you said, and it's relational. So yes, it will help your sleep. It'll help your well-being. It will. We talk about it in flow neuroscience when we're trying to cultivate our skills of creativity and openness to new experiences yeah. and playing with our inner creative muse. It, gratitude is a huge part of it. It's one of the flow triggers that gets you into flow. Um, so yes, there's all this science backing up that it it improves your physiologic, your psychological health. So you as a psychiatrist, talk to me about how you introduce this topic to some of your patients that might be so distanced from this grateful feeling. And it can be kind of hard, right? Yes. And I love that that question about how you introduce it, because often my first question is, what is your relationship with gratitude? What do you know about gratitude? And I learned this in my research and, and several people have helped me understand that their relationship with gratitude, either because they had parents who forced them to write thank you letters or they, they came from situations where they didn't even have a chance to be grateful before someone was demanding it of them. And there's a beautiful essay in the book, The Gratitude Project about that. And I read it when I give the lecture because it helps shift, I think, to a place of understanding from first. So the first question is, so what's your experience with gratitude? Do you write thank you letters? Do you know this emotion? What does that emotion mean to you? When can you remember feeling it? Um, I had someone tell me once, I, I, in tears, I can't, I can't feel that feeling. Oh. Yeah. Um, and so there's, there's always a story there. 
Oh, let's pause. This is a huge golden nugget that I think any practitioner listening to this podcast can really benefit from, you know, all of us are coming into this world with our own narrative and lens and projection and, and even well-being, you know, well-meaning practitioners trying to help our patients, but we forget that everybody's unique. And I love how you almost take a vital sign. You're like, let's take a step back and let's take a foundational question and and just really investigate what is your relationship. And I love how you phrase that. It's open-ended, it's non-judgmental, and it is very much like exploring curiosity. What is your relationship? And that that's sort of like me with physical activity. I grew up in a family that wasn't very athletic. And I remember viewing physical activity with just this like disdain. I got to go to gym class. I hate it. Until I was an adult and I reframed my relationship of, I love moving my body. It's so fun. And it doesn't have to be that I'm picked last in seventh grade PE. It's more like, what else can I do with this cool meat skeleton? And let's go run a race, you know? And you're doing the same with gratitude. You're saying, okay, what's your relationship? Because some of us might have stories of grandmothers or parents saying, sit down and write those hundred thank you notes. And, you know, kind of dismissing their emotions saying, nope, you have to be grateful even if your arm was chopped off, right? Like, wait, hold on. You know, what do you say? What do you say? Say thank yes. you. And and you learn to say it as a rote response instead of understanding. So this is a great segue, I think, into how to teach children about gratitude. And this is I have this sort of framework for parenting that I call now. And the N is for nurture. So that's the baseline, right? You provide them with food and shelter and the basic nurturing things. And then O is observe. So, you know, I noticed that you came home from school and you showed me right away this special gift your teacher gave you because you did whatever. I noticed that, right? I'm not judging it. I'm just observing it for the child. And then the W is for wonder, right? I wonder how that felt for you. And so you try to promote and and create this atmosphere of curiosity where they are exploring the feeling themselves. And then you say, oh, well, I wonder what it would be like for you. How could you let your teacher know you're appreciated? What would it feel like if you let your teacher know what that meant to you? And that's not, well, you should say thank you or here's a thank you note. Sit down and write it right now. It's really inviting the child or the human, right? Yes. Have their own experience and really have it generated intrinsically. I love that. That that now I'm going to recite that nurture, observe, and wonder. That's such a great tool for, like you said, every human, because even (laughs) as adults, we are so disconnected from the feelings. We we immediately label the feeling and then want to archive it somewhere and figure it out. And even if you have a a decades long journaling practice, you can still be disconnected from that feeling of gratitude. And I love how this little exercise anchors that in by saying, okay, how, you know, look at this, what's going on and how does that feel? And it's really respectful of just general neurodivergence. Not all of us want to hurry and give grandpa a hug. Not all of us want to express ourselves in a thank you note because words might be hard. Maybe we just want to, you know, do something else, make something, you know, just give a nod or a wave, but like showing gratitude does not have one kind of equation, right? Absolutely not. It absolutely not. As as diverse as the human population is, there are so many ways to do it. And the key to knowing, you know, I said, do it right. I don't love right, but if you're effective with it, you'll feel it. 
So when I give the lecture, I have people just jot down things they're grateful for, for, for a few minutes. And then we shift over after a pause and say, look at something on that list. So people always write my family, my friends, food, the earth, you know, whatever. Pick something on that list and spend the next two and a half to three minutes really diving into the details of that. So if I say the earth and my, instead of just the earth, I'll say the color of the trees this fall. And I remember the yellows and the reds and how I could feel the, the shift in the tapestry of the, and really, you know, the smell of the forest as things were changing and the impending. And so then you involve all your five senses and now you're getting into your limbic system. Yes. And you're making this space right now that it's the perfect picture of how I know if I'm getting through to an audience or a patient or a student because the head, I call this the bobblehead sign, right? Right. That's how you know that the, because the body has intelligence too. And Mm -hmm. even when we have mental blocks, the body will say, yes, yes, I know this. I know this deep in my soul that what you're saying is true. Hey, have you visited the Catalyst Way yet? It's an online hub designed just for you, where we spark your creativity, passion, and flow to build your own self-expressive medical career. There's so much to explore inside the Catalyst Way. If you're a functional medicine practitioner, check out our Catalyst Studio Mentorship, your gateway to membership micropractice, with everything you need to grow and scale your functional medicine business, including private mentor sessions, masterminds, access to quarterly legal lounges, and much more. Or peek inside the world's first digital subscription delivery box service that delivers monthly content to make your functional medicine clinic run effortlessly, including customizable infographics, SOPs, templates, and hand-selected mastermind recordings. Or maybe you just want some entertaining and useful CME. You'll find that at the Catalyst Reclamation CME online course. You'll learn neuroscience behind burnout, embrace flow, master your calendar, fortify boundaries, and transform your burnout into boundless energy and joy using our three-step AHA method. It's approved for 10 hours of AMA Category 1 CME. Use the code PODCAST for 10% off. And because I'm a practical mom of three, guess what? The Catalyst Way also has tons of freebie content too. My favorite is the Catalyst Compass Quiz, which matches you to an ideal jumpstart strategy to find your spark. But I also love the free Catalyst Calendar Time Management System and Functional Micropractice Checklist. It's all here at the Catalyst Way. Visit drlarasalier.com forward slash catalyst to start coloring outside the lines. We're creating empowered, self-expressive clinicians as catalysts who lead healthcare transformation. Are you a catalyst? Visit drlarasalier.com forward slash catalyst now. Oh my goodness. What a fantastic segue into the limbic system. Because really, (laughs) that is exactly the connection you're creating with your patients and your audiences is the idea that gratitude is that gateway back into limbic system regulation. I mean, we spend a lot of time, especially 
post-pandemic. We're very dissociated and, and just using that polyvagal ladder up and down and wondering where we are. Are we sympathetic fight or flight? And our limbic yeah. system is designed to protect us. And sometimes it needs some calibrating. So let's talk, share a little bit about limbic system and what, what that means to you in your practice and how you help your patients. Okay. So just briefly and in a nutshell, the, the limbic system is this subcortical or more, you know, sort of older part of your brain where the emotions live. So think all those emotions from the Inside Out movie. They, they're, they're generated in that limbic system. And the limbic system is also really highly tied to your sensory system, mm-hmm. especially your olfactory system, which is, you know, side note why I love essential oils, because certain, we all know that certain smells can take us to an emotional place really quickly. Oh, yeah, I go down the target aisle candle and smell and I can remember childhood memories. Absolutely. Exactly. So that olfactory smell goes straight into the limbic system, doesn't even, it just bypasses the cortex and you don't think about it, it just goes right into emotion. And so again, you're wanting to be, so I have air tags and probably some of your listeners can relate. The air tags are the little Apple products that help you locate things, or there's another brand called Tile, but I am a neurodivergent person and I often need help locating my belongings. And the great thing about these systems is if you have one, you can find multiple. But I was thinking about this the other day that what if, so what happens is if my keys get too far from me now, I get an alert on my phone that says, you left your keys behind. You know, they were last seen at this address. And I thought, man, emotions are really like air tags. So when you're feeling angry or frustrated or despair, often it's a sign that you've gotten far away from your wisest self. Ooh. Yeah. I love that. It's like a little air tag notification, soul tag notification, or, you know, like you're believing something, you're seeing something away that your your purest self, which is, I, I mean, I believe is love, doesn't see it that way. I have to interject. This is so amazing, Dr. Shelley, because <laughs> I think we could even take it one step further. Not only are these little emotion air tags notifying you that you're, you're yes. away from your wisest mind and soul and love center, but dare I say that each of those anger air tags is silently and, and invisibly connected to all other memories of different anger. So it tends to like highlight all these other things getting bunched into the one. Okay, he left his sock on the floor, but I'm so angry. And it's because it's me- remembering other anger. Yeah, yes, 100%. Yeah. So whatever emotion you're practicing in your limbic system, you're going to get more of it. So when you're, let's say you've now turned in to the, tuned into the frequency of anger. And your brain is going to say, oh, that's what we're, that's what we're doing here. Let me give you 10 other examples yeah. of feelings like that. And the trick is the human brain is Rick Hansen's work on negativity bias really proves this, but we're wired to hold on to memories that cause us pain. Well, right. that makes sense from an evolutionary standpoint, because you want to avoid those things that cause you pain. If there was a berry that you watched your friend eat and, and then they died, you want to know to avoid that berry. <laughs> right. 
So the brain, uh, the human brain is automatically default set to hold on to negative experiences. That doesn't serve us well in our modern era because we're mostly safe. Mm-hmm. You're right. And lots, we're holding on to these mini negativities that are affecting our nervous system. And we have record rates of depression and anxiety. And so what is that? You know, there's yes. something going on that yes. is not oh. yeah, individual. <laughs> yeah, you're right. This is so pivotal in how our society and why we're all so collectively ill and collectively yeah. downtrodden um because we are just showing the negativity or we're highlighting yeah. and we talk i talk about this as pain is the fifth vital sign and the minute we made pain a fifth vital sign we oh. highlighted where are you hurting where are you hurting where are you hurting and my counteraction to that is make creativity the sixth vital sign and ask yes. what brings you joy you know where did yes. when did you practice your last hobby and what yes. are you excited about because you're right the more we have this negativity bias we're just making ourselves ill yeah and i mean sadly a lot of times as physicians we've bought into this model of illness instead of wellness and i you know, this has been a gradual journey for me. But at one point, I looked at the questionnaires I was giving patients. And it's like, you know, I, I'm disinterested, I feel bad, I have suicidal thoughts, I'm anxious, you know, and I'm giving them all these questions, planting all these thoughts. And I was like, where is the where are the well being questions? So now I have a I have a longer well being questionnaire, which is I feel optimistic about the future. These are, you know, I have quality relationships. And again, I want them finishing with those thoughts planted in their head as well. And just like you said, yeah, if you focus on pain, we're you're gonna find training it. people to focus on that. Everyone has pain. If you focus on creativity, you're going to find that too. Yes. Oh, I love this. So in your journey, helping, you know, all your patients, you know, find their way through, you know, and you and I could talk forever about the DSM and the diagnoses because uh. I feel like, you know, come on. I think it's a normal reaction of to be depressed or anxious in the world we live in. Um, yeah. But as you're helping, you know, your patients really kind of ground themselves and find that limbic system system regulation, what are some of the tips? You and I have talked off air and I love how you practice. I mean, you use art, you use experiential yeah. five senses walks around the community. I mean, you kind of yeah. dig in. So I would love to just pick your brain. Tell me some of your favorite things you do when people feel overwhelmed. Oh, great. So overwhelm is common and one of I, a little hack that I use, and I even went so far as to buy, you know, a stockpile of these 24 piece puzzle jigsaw puzzles. And for some people, it's Lego sets or whatever. But I think the body remembers more quickly than the mind, depending on the person. Often we're, we're so in our default mode network or this, this cycle of negative thinking that it's hard to, harder to get the brain out of it than the body. And having little exercises that the body is doing, like drawing for you or for me, this 24-piece puzzle, I'll tell people, just break it out if you're feeling overwhelmed. It's not going to take too long. You're going to put together one piece at a time. And now you've got momentum building. You're actually reminding yourself every time you put a piece in, one piece at a time one piece at a time, 
one piece at a time. And pretty soon you have a finished product. And you in, hopefully you enjoyed the journey and you could be present along the way. It's fun. I mean, yes. I, I'm a jigsaw puzzle lover, but it's fun when you find a piece and it's satisfying. And satisfaction is like a warm-up act for gratitude. Many people can't get into gratitude or awe or joy or bliss. Right. They can find satisfaction. Right. It's like an onboarding ramp, like a soul, yes. like a shallow onboarding, similar to connect the dots or the mandala colors, anything yes. that's very, you know, just outline. It doesn't require the creativity because that's a hard jump. A lot of times practitioners or patients that I talk to, well, I'm not creative. Well, no, no, we're not asking you to be yes. Van Gogh. You know, we're saying, let's just like take that thinking head off and just play. And I love yes. that the puzzle is easy because it's a, anybody can do a puzzle, right? Anybody can color inside the lines or yes. outside the lines. And so I love that that's a wonderful tactile sensing yes. act that people can do. And it is also meditative. I love that you give them almost a mantra to repeat, you know, yes. one piece, one at, piece a time. at a time, mm -hmm. one piece at a time, and then feel the satisfaction of finding that. And now you're warming up. You're warming up. And so then, you know, I don't start people with a thousand piece puzzle that is all black and white, right? Here's a beautiful picture in 24 pieces. Give yourself a chance to warm up, which is another strategy is start these things before you go to sleep at night or early in the morning. Why is right? that? So once you're going, and your brain is off. So like you said before, if you're hanging on to anger and you're practicing that emotion and now your brain is giving you anger and you're seeing in your life all kinds of examples of why you should continue to be angry. Listen, yep. they're out there. Turn on the news. It won't take you very long to feel pretty rotten. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love what you're meaning is that our brain is like that dog, that pet dog that goes to fetch whatever we ask it to. And so at yep. night when we're getting ready to tuck our brain in for sleep, if the last thing we see is violence and negativity, yes. then our brain's going to continue fetching yep. those anger or fearful emotions. Yep. And, you know, any in my speaking of dogs, that's one of my own anchoring techniques is when I'm feeling overwhelmed, I literally think of my own dog, Ginger. And I think, you know, she wakes up and every moment is a new moment in her brain. And she's just looking around, happy to be there. And if we're taking a walk and my mind is on so many things, I can just see her little tail wagging because she's like, I'm on a walk. And like, literally, that's all she's yes. thinking. So yes. I, I always tell myself, be like Ginger. You know, if you're feeling overwhelmed, really in this snapshot of a moment, am I going to remember it five years later? No. You know, no. it's all made up. It's all pretend. <laughs> yeah. What? And yes. And in that moment, you're not in danger. Mm -hmm. almost always mm -hmm. right I am I, I I learned very early on the quickest meditation which is where are my feet right now yes and I love that one as a tool as well because it just has the immediate impact of taking you out of your mind and into your feet grounding yes. you Beautiful. I love these little anchoring techniques. So yeah. I know we're almost out of time, but I would love to hear if you have any more that have popped up that you like to share, either creative or grounding or gratitude techniques for, for patients that you've used. Yeah. So, okay. In terms of gratitude, there are many ways to do it. 
like I said before, the most important thing is if you're using your senses and you're recreating that experience, you will probably feel it in your body. Now, the research shows that writing a thank you letter and delivering it delivers a, a bigger boost of gratitude. It's, it's a heartier response. But I say whatever feels good to you. So if you want to start with just before you go to sleep at night, reflecting back on your day and trying to find the best part or the least worst part, if that's where you're at right now. Oh, I like right? the least worst part. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, that's beautiful. So for, depending on where you're at. And the last thing is, like you were saying about your dog, your dog doesn't care what you achieved today. It doesn't care who you got an argument with or where you left, you know, that you left your car running and now the battery is dead. It does, your dog is just happy to see you. Yes. So sometimes it's it's an opportunity to step back and say, does this really matter what I'm getting worked up about? Would my dog love me any less because of this? Or would the sun shine on me less because of, because of this? And if the answer is no, then you can probably let it go. I love it. That is wonderful. And as you, know, you have said before in other conversations, it gets easier. Gratitude is like a muscle. Yes. You know, yeah. like if we go to the gym and expect to lift 100 pounds, there's no way we could. But if we practice yeah. smaller doses of the onboarding of the gratitude and satisfaction, a little bit of joy here and yeah. there, eventually yeah. it's so easy to drop right into gratitude. Yes. Yes. It gets easier and easier. A couple of references for your listeners. There is a book called The Gratitude Project, which is a collection of essays that's very accessible. And then there's a writer I love called A.J. Jacobs, who wrote a book called A Thousand Thanks. And he set out to thank everyone who was involved with his morning cup of coffee and ended up realizing that he was going to have to thank everybody in the world because there, somebody's going to be connected to somebody who's going to be connected to another thing. So he capped it at a thousand people, but thanked a thousand people who were involved in his morning cup of coffee. And that's a really short and, and eloquent story about how gratitude facilitates connection. Wow. I'm going to list those in the show notes. That's amazing. Yes. I, I cannot wait. I'm sure we'll have more conversations. I mean, yes. you and I have some envisioning that we've been co-creating. And so I'm excited yes. to see where our road heads, because I really think there's power in community. There's power in especially bringing physicians together in this crumbling healthcare system. It's a fact. Yes but we can't crumble with it. And I think having oh. these opportunities of community and you know fellowship and being able to genuinely train up these muscles and yes. you know train down our limbic system and really become more powerful inside our gratitude, inside our joy and love and creativity, we can only help the world uh, even level up more. So I'm so honored to have you as a friend and as a colleague <laughs> and a neighbor because we're only two hours apart. This yes. is amazing. Yes. Oh All my right. goodness. So thank you so much for having me. Yes. Okay, I feel doctor. energized. Good, good. So Dr. Shelley, where can our listeners connect with you? Uh, my website is www.bewellmichellemd.com. And I'm also on Instagram and Facebook with the same handle. 
And I love it because you put some great stuff out there. So if you would love a daily dose or weekly dose or an occasional dose of wonderful bubbly joy and gratitude, please follow Be Well Michelle MD. And I'm sure this is not the last you'll hear. Um, so thank you again for spending time with us today. And I can't wait to talk again. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye, dear. Bye.